Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking about the difference between being responsive and being responsible. And this podcast is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. Okay, let's get started. I feel like I start a lot of podcasts by saying we talk a lot about context on the podcast (laughs) and we're going to do that again today. And one specific area where lack of context appears is the use of specific words in the FAR, actually everywhere, not just in the FAR. Some examples that we've covered in, in the podcast over the years, in the unsolicited proposal episode, unsolicited proposal is not just a proposal that was not asked for. It's more than that, right? The, the word means more. That was in the episode 374. And then in 262, we explained that, that contract funds that are authorized aren't on contract until they're obligated. And so what do those words mean, right? Uh, and then my favorite example is the Christian doctrine, which we covered in episode 228, is not about theology. <laughs> it's based on the name of the legal case. So these words mean a lot. Yeah, in this episode, we're going to talk about the difference between being labeled a non-responsive contractor versus a non-responsible contractor. This is a case where a lack of context on what those words mean can have stiff consequences, especially for the contractor. Yeah, before we get into those consequences, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Keith Wadley. Uh, Keith is a proposal manager at Crew Training International. He's in the Meridian, Mississippi area. I want to thank Keith for joining the Contracting Officer podcast group on LinkedIn and then telling us specifically how he found our podcast. Uh, I appreciate Keith taking the time to give us such detailed and, and direct input. When we know what we're doing is actually helping, then we know to do more of it. And we learned that by getting feedback from our listeners. So thank you, Keith, for letting us know how you found us and why you keep listening. Thanks, Keith. We appreciate it. Back to the topic at hand. What's the difference between responsive and responsible? Let's let's start with the easy one. What what is responsive? In in short, a responsive contractor is one that submitted a compliant proposal or or bid or offer, quote, whatever. In, In other words, did you respond to the solicitation? And by respond... We're talking responding with the information requested by every element of the solicitation. Compliantly respond, to be right. more clear. Right. That's, that's compliant. That's what we're talking here. If we're going back to the old process to relationship ratio, uh, we described it as the 80-20 rule in, in earlier podcasts. Responsive is the process part of government acquisition as opposed to relationships between the parties. And that process part is always present in some form. Even in the case where your relationships with your customers have made it all but inevitable that the award's going to go to you, even on a sole source basis, maybe, your proposal still must be responsive or the government can't award the contract to you. All right, let's move on to responsible. I think we covered responsive. FAR Part 9 is a whole part of the FAR called contractor qualifications about responsibility. How does the government know that a contractor will be able to perform on this contract? And it's in FAR 9.103, where it talks about policy. 9.103A says that purchases shall be made from 
and contracts shall be awarded to responsible prospective contractors only. So in other words, hey, contracting officer, you're responsible for finding responsible. That's funny. You're responsible for finding responsible contractors. And then paragraph B of that same section points out that in the absence of information clearly indicating that a prospective contractor is responsible, you love this, the contracting officer shall make a determination of non-responsibility. In other words, we're assuming you can't do it until we have some evidence that shows you can. That's sort of like the the guilty until proven innocent pr- principle. Until you until you prove that you're that you can do this, we're going to say that you you can't do it. We're not just going to take your word for it. If you happen to be a small business, the contracting officer may need to request a certificate of competency in order to determine whether you're responsible or not. Yeah, you, you and Shelly touched on, on on one aspect of this in, in episode two ninety four, where as a certificate of competency is a piece is an example of this is evidence that the con- that a small business can actually do the work, because if for example it's an eight A award to a company who's never had a contract this size before, before I award that contract to them, I need some evidence. Some that evidence can be the certificate of competency that's written by somebody else that says. This, con- this contractor is responsible and here's the evidence. And then I use that as justification to award to them. Yeah. So to complete a certificate of competency, they need to do some research and have some data that allows them to make that determination. Yeah. Exactly. You also dropped 8A award in that. So it might be helpful to describe what 8A means. 8A is a type of contractor. It's a certification you get that allows the contracting officer to award sole source contracts to you. And we've multiple episodes about it. But in context to this, if I'm giving you a $2 million sole source award, I need some evidence that you've been responsible. And an example of how to get that evidence is the certificate of competency. Yeah, 8A is just one designation for small businesses, right? So there's the first part of the FAR conversation. Being responsible is more than just being able to be responsive, right? If, if you can't write a compliant proposal and therefore be responsive, that's evidence that you may not be responsible, but it's very common for responsible contractors, contractors that can actually do the business to screw up their proposal and not get the award because they weren't responsive to the solicitation. A responsible prospective contractor means a contractor that meets the standards of FAR 9.104. Of course, there's a list at 9.104-1 that <laughs> says... To be determined responsible, a prospective contractor must A, have adequate financial resources to perform the contract or the ability to obtain them, B, be able to meet the required or proposed delivery and performance schedule, taking into consideration all their other commercial and government business commitments. So you could be a perfectly responsible contractor, have everything in place, but you may just have so much business that the government says, wow, there's no way they'll be able to deliver in time because they have a million other deliveries to make. 9104-1C is have a satisfactory performance record. You as a contractor must have a satisfactory performance record. That could come from CPARs. That could come from your past performance history that, that they request you to submit. That's one of the reasons why they ask for these things, why the government asks for these things. Next is have a satisfactory record of integrity and business ethics. And that one you could drive a truck through <laughs> because what does satisfactory mean and what does integrity mean and, and ethics can be a fuzzy term. And so it, it, you and I did a podcast episode about what, what is an independent monitor. And that's what this is about. 
is how do we know that the contractor is behaving ethically? This one can be one of the more challenging ones to define, but this is where it says, hey, contracting officer, if you see evidence that they're not an ethical company, there's that's evidence that they may not be responsible, which creates a snowball effect. Yeah, the first part of this, I think, is is kind of binary. Like, do you have any criminal convictions? Has your has your company broken any laws? Is the is the uh, owner or CEO in jail? Right. They're, they're, th- those things are at least easy to see. But sometimes ethical behavior is is not quite so cut and dried. All right, moving on to the next. Prospective contractor must have the necessary organization experience, accounting and operational controls, and technical skills or the ability to obtain them. So you have to have the, the I'm not going to say bureaucracy, but you have to have the business process. <laughs> you have to have the business experience. You have to be able to actually run a business and be able to procure the parts you need, to be able to hire the people you need, to be able to follow all the rules that are required, not by the, by the federal government, but by your state or local government in order to, to even have a business. Yeah, I think this is think, think of this like uh, like you're, you're joking about not using bureaucracy. It's more uh, infrastructure. Yeah. It's, you know, do you have quality control systems? Do you have the ability to hire people, et cetera, et cetera? Wow, that would have been a lot easier way to say it than where the road I went down. But <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the road you went down was funny, so it's yeah. <laughs> what you just said, Kevin. It, it it's different for every type of contract, right? The necessary Correct. organization experience, accounting and operational controls, and technical skills for a simple delivery contract is quite different than the same, the, the necessary skills to build an aircraft carrier, right? I don't know why we always talk about that. That's like something super complex, I guess, building an aircraft carrier. Well, let's keep it simple then. A com- to deliver a commercial item versus doing cybersecurity software development. Two different companies with two different levels of expectation. And that those, those are happening right now. <laughs> we have customers in both of those. Yeah, when you get to a certain size of contract or when you become a certain size of company, more things are required of you, especially on the uh, finance and accounting side. Next, 9104-1F, you must have the necessary production, construction, and technical equipment and facilities or the ability to obtain them. Weird they have to write that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> but- I think I told a story way back when about a guy when we were, we were back at, at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base by an aircraft that had submitted a, a proposal that it, it, it seemed like he was going to convert his old chicken coops into the, the factory to, to build air, aircraft. He was, he was <laughs> sure that was going to happen, right? I don't think he was uh, deemed responsible in that case. I wonder if it was this paragraph they used. <laughs> in accordance with 9.104-1F, <laughs> you are not responsible. The last one, paragraph G, says you must be otherwise qualified and eligible to receive an award under applicable laws and regulations. So that sounds like a catch-all, but there are government contractor qualifications. Like when you register on the system for award management, there's all kinds of check boxes that that you have to check that say you have an affirmative action plan and things like that. Basic qualifications must be met. Yeah, and that one can be very frustrating for the contractor because the contracting officer looks at that and says, other regulations, I, I need to know all of them. That's a huge bucket. And so as a result, I'm gonna I potentially could look into a lot of corners of your company, making sure that you're covering all these nuances. Even though there's a giant list of clauses inside the system for award management that you check on, all those reps and certs, that's what we're talking about here. That all of these elements, you've covered them. 
So to sum up, to be responsible, you have to have financial resources, the business capabilities, some history of satisfactory performance to give them confidence. You have to be ethical and you have to show that you either have the facilities or the the equipment you need to do the work or you have a plan of how you're going to obtain them. And you have some infrastructure, just the right amount. Yeah, just the right amount. Enough to do this job. It's clear why the res- the determination of responsive is important, right? If, if, you d- if you weren't responsive to the solicitation, you don't get the award. Being responsible is just as important. This is about whether a contractor can actually do the work, not just submit, not just be responsive and submit that compliant proposal. Yeah, so you have to have both. A responsible contractor can actually do the work. A responsive contractor can submit a compliant proposal to do the work. Yeah, being one doesn't automatically equal the other. Let's link this to the acquisition and execution time zones. When is the responsive and responsible determination important in the government acquisition process? It starts in the market research zone. If you are not a responsible contractor, if you've not been determined responsible, the government may not be willing to release a solicitation to you. They're certainly not going to listen to your comments about how the work should be done or allow you to to shape the solicitation if they don't think you know what you're talking about or even have a chance of doing the work. Or the small business director might not even reach out to you for input or to let you know that a potential RFP is dropping because they don't think you can do it. When you get to the RFP zone where you're writing your proposal, you're wasting your time writing a responsive proposal if you're going to be determined not responsible, right? If if the government isn't confident that you can do the work, you can submit all of the proposals you want that check every box, but you're still not going to win. Because they don't believe you can do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the selection zone, right? The, The contracting officer cannot award. The FAR will not allow a contracting officer to award a contract to a contractor that's been determined non responsible. Now, it doesn't mean they won't award a contract to a contractor that they think is responsible that then yes. turns out to be not responsible later. No, but they, they at least have to make, we all have, they at least have to make a determination that they believe for these reasons that the contractor is responsible. There you go. On the execution time zone side, after a contract award, your performance is the best evidence that you're a responsible contractor. If you've performed on a contract similar to this, if you perform well on your current contract, that's pretty good evidence that you will be able to perform on the next. It's not a guarantee, but it shows that at least you're capable of doing this kind of work. And likewise, if you've got a really bad CPARS rating, for example, that shows you can't do the work, it has the opposite effect. Right. Or that's a really easy way to make the argument that you're not responsible when you didn't perform on the last contract. So when you get to the recompete zone, when the government's trying to figure out should we buy this again? How should we buy this thing again if we need it again? They might think, last time we awarded this to small businesses, we selected one who couldn't do the work. So it's obvious that we should go to larger businesses this time. It's not obvious, but they could say that. It's obvious that we should go to larger businesses this time that have m- more heft, more, more, more infrastructure. That's your more word. infrastructure. More infrastructure. Because small businesses aren't quite capable of this yet. That could be what happens if you don't perform. So the government's thinking about responsibility when they're in the recompete zone and 
which is really the the market research zone for for the next acquisition. If you're not familiar with these zones, we cover the acquisition time zones in episode number three and the execution time zones in episode 372. All right, government folks, we've touched on this quite a few times. Non-responsive contractors are more obvious, right? It's easy to go through when you're evaluating proposals and say, they didn't submit all the documentation that was required. They didn't follow the solicitation instructions not responsive to the solicitation, so not going to continue the evaluation and not going to award. That's much easier than the responsibility determination. In most cases, responsibility is fairly simple until it's not. You're confident that your 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 core of the core group of contractors that do the kind of work that you're buying, they have a long history of doing it. But it can be possible that for reasons that aren't obvious to you, that that are completely out of your control, maybe the contractor runs into a problem and they go bankrupt on you and they don't deliver, right? That's not responsible. You may not be able to tell that prior to award. You may not see the indicators prior to award that this is going to happen. You may. And the FAR gives some examples of this. In fact, uh, in FAR Part 9, contractor qualifications, and 9.103C, down in the weeds here, says the award of a contract to a supplier based on lowest evaluated price alone can be a false economy if if there is subsequent default, late deliveries, or other unsatisfactory performance. So in other words, this is evidence that this company's price is 30% or 50, pick a number, a significant amount lower than everybody else. It's not a guarantee that they're not responsible, but it's some evidence. And that's why the FAR puts it in here. It gives the company officer the language to say, hmm, this might be a false economy that we're getting a responsive contractor, but they can't deliver at this price. So therefore they may not be responsible. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, the things to look for. If, if there is a contractor that is significantly lower in price than the rest, they may not understand how to do the job or understand what you're asking for. So you award to them and then it takes a whole lot of time and money to fix it later or to cancel this contract, terminate this contract, and award to someone else so you can get what you want. over again. Yeah. So this is sort of a caution to contractors that are attempting to win by being the lowest price all the time. In some cases, lowest price is the only way to win. In other cases, often referred to as as best value solicitations. Or or trade-off solicitations is the official term. Or or trade-offs. Exactly. Being more responsible, giving the government more confidence that you will deliver what you say you will deliver on time may be worth more than being the absolute lowest price. Just submitting a proposal that has the lowest evaluated price doesn't necessarily mean you will win. On some solicitations, it will, unless you're so low that they don't think that you are responsible. I think we said that six different ways, Kevin. It's a complex cube. On the industry side, be sure you understand the difference. Non-responsive means that that you as the contractor didn't submit a compliant proposal. That's just isolated on this acquisition, this one contract. You're non-responsive. Non-responsible means that this contract shouldn't be awarded to you and is usually interpreted to mean you shouldn't win any other contracts like this. Yeah, it's a huge difference. <laughs> one is is a rifle and the other one is a shotgun. 
Yeah, this is one reason why the government asked for past performance, past performance references in their solicitations. When you submit three different examples of contracts similar to, to this contract they're considering awarding to you, contracts that you've performed successfully, that is great evidence that you are a responsible contract. If you can't come up with any examples where you've done this type of work or at this scale in the past, you may have other hurdles to leap for the government to be comfortable and consider you to be responsible. Hence the huge difference. All right, Kevin, looping this back to the very beginning, words matter, definitions matter. Responsive is one thing. Responsible is a completely different thing. And if these words aren't clear to you, I mean, FAR Part 2 is full of definitions. So ask for clarification. Look, look in FAR Part 2 and then ask the, the government to clarify. And, and if you're a Skyway customer, ask us. I mean, this is what we do. <laughs> we, we're focused on bringing clarity to GovCon. And if you're not a customer, go to skywayacq.com and check us out. And with that, Kevin, I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll see you, Paul. All right. Thanks for joining us for another Contracting Officer podcast. If you're looking for context, we've created playlists for our podcasts on our site to help you find what you're looking for a little more easily. Visit skywayacq.com slash COP and you'll find the playlists. COP for Contracting Officer podcast. All right. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.